Hey there, future fans. This week, we take the law into our own hands, we let the law do its thing, and we defy the law of gravity. It's the week of March 29th, 2019, and this is episode 128 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. This is episode 128 of Future Flex with Billiam, titled Lawmen, Stoners, and Elephants. Oh my. How's the whole new name thing working for you? Do, you? do you even care? Have you noticed that much? Probably not. It probably hasn't changed much, has it? The only thing that's changed for me is I have to sit here just a little bit, looking at all the movies, going, oh, what, what kind of clever or entirely unoriginal title can I make? I like to think this week's wasn't a total cop-out. I, I, think, it, I think it's okay. It's not the best, but it's, it's not bad. Well, we have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, there are quite a few movies, though it goes back to the way it used to be, with a little heavier on the on the limited releases than the wide releases in interesting indies. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. We do have quite a few good-looking movies coming out. A couple of them... Actually, no, no, just one of them you could watch the minute it gets released because we have a Netflix movie. But the good news is, or bad news if you don't like the part of the show, we have a movie that's going to make me pretty angry. So I may, I may rant a little on that. There is a lot of news and a couple very interesting trailers so let us not waste any more time and jump into the housekeeping so what is this show what are you listening to you are listening to future flicks with billiam i am billiam i am your host on this show i do quite a few things the first thing is we talk about movie news that is any news that has happened since i last had an episode then we have any movie trailers I have noticed since the last episode. And with those two things, I'm not perfect. I miss things sometimes, and then I rely on you, the listener, to tell me if I miss something. It's only happened a few times in the 128 episode run of this show, but who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. After the news and the trailers, we then go into the movies, which are broken down into two categories. The first category is the limited releases, those are movies that are getting limited releases. I know, shocking, right? But also they aren't interesting enough for me to talk about. If a movie looks really interesting, I will talk about it in the next section. But this section is just movies that didn't really catch my eye or I don't think look good at all. In this section, I give you the name of the movie. I tell you what it's about and who's in it. Maybe I'll say a word or two, especially when I talk about the one that has upset me. But usually that's it. Just the name, premise, and who's in it. And then we go on to the next segment, which is called the wide releases and interesting indies. In that section, I tell you the name of the movie, what it's about, who's in it, and I give some thoughts on it. For this section, it's, you guessed it, wide releases. That's every movie getting wide release, even if I think it looks good or not. And... Any indie movies that I think look interesting or somehow caught my eye. So I talk about these movies, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot, and then I wrap it all up with a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. That can go anywhere from a 0 for those terrible movies to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. I finish the movie section with my pick of the week. Sometimes it's the obvious one, like when Captain Marvel came out, that was my pick of the week. If uh, when, when Endgame comes out, that's probably going to be the pick of the week. But every once in a while, I surprise even myself. And I have a movie that I'm looking forward to the most that's not the big one. But you know what? This isn't one of those shows where I'm all hoity-toity about movies. Where I'm like, oh, it has to be some indie movie. Otherwise, I won't watch it. No, I love all movies. I've seen, I have seen obscure indie movies I've loved. I watch huge blockbusters and I love them. Movies are great. After the movies, we talk about questions. The question of the week, to be exact. Each week, I offer a new question, and this segment will go on as long as I can think of questions. And then it will be no more. Maybe I'll replace it with something else eventually. I, I, I don't know, but we'll uh, burn that bridge when we come to it. But the question of the week, 
Uh, I read off any answers I got from the listeners. Then I go over the answers from within this household, which is Anne and myself. And then I give you the next question and send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. So how do you listen to the show? Great question. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. You can find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website. You can also follow us on Facebook and link. we link to it from there. You can follow me on various social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at BilliamSWN. You can also email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud, on the website, on the Facebook page. Just get in contact with me, answer the question of the week, ask me a random ass question, or just say what's up. Well, that is it for the housekeeping, so let us jump into our first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Uh, so a little earlier on in the show, you may have noticed I said the the episode name as Lawmen, Stoners, and Elephants, Oh My. And then I had a better idea, so I just renamed it right now, and I'm too much of a lazy piece of crap to go back and edit that out. So there we go. And I like it. I, I think the new I, I think the new title, the new episode name, I think that's a little clever, right? And I totally knew how to spell pachyderm on my own. I didn't have to Google it. Now, that, that's a terrible lie. I would not have been able to spell that on my own. But that would be a hell of a Scrabble word, right? Uh, P-C-H-Y... D and M are all uh, tiles that get you more than one point, so that's pretty good. That's long enough that you can probably hit one of the triple word or triple letter scores with it. I mean, come on. It's a great word. This first story comes to us from Digital Spy. Turns out Zack Snyder is a gigantic asshat. In particular, about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Apparently, he got a little angry about people that are mad about Batman being a killer in the movie. And when asked about it, he said that people who think like that are, quote, living in a f-ing dream world. And the rest of this is going to be more of his quote. He says, quote, oh, like Batman killed the guy? I'm like, really? Wake the f- up. So I guess that's what I'm saying about once you've lost your virginity to this f-ing movie and then you come and say to me something like my superhero wouldn't do that. I'm like, are you serious? I'm down the f***ing road on that. You know what I mean? It's a cool point. Look, I'm 100% fine with it. It's a cool point of view to be like, my heroes are still innocent. My heroes didn't lie to America. My heroes didn't embezzle money. My heroes didn't commit any atrocities. I'm like, that's cool, but you're living in a f***ing dream world. End quote. So because of this quote, I think that Zack Schneider shouldn't be allowed to, to direct anything like this anymore. If it's an original idea, or if it is something actually really dark, I think we sh- I think it should be fine. But this piece of shit doesn't understand Batman. True, Batman has killed before, and he's going to kill again probably. But one of Batman's big things is that he doesn't kill. That's why there's the revolving door, which is Arkham Asylum. It'd be a whole lot easier if he just killed the Joker, killed the Penguin, killed Two-Face, killed the Riddler. But he doesn't. So I think... Zack Snyder needs to understand that people weren't angry because the movie was dark. People were angry because Batman wasn't Batman. That's why I hope Matt Reeves reboots it. Because we know that the DCEU is no more. And I know it seems early for a reboot. And I've said before that I like Ben Affleck as Batman. And to his credit, Ben Affleck has nothing to do with the fact that Zack Snyder's Batman was a murderer. This was all on the writers and Snyder himself. I mean, that level of a change for a character like Batman's kind of like making James Bond a peace-loving feminist. It'd be fine for other characters, just not him. And if during that time when I was quoting Zack Snyder, it sounded like I didn't have quite a good grasp on the English language, please know that I was quoting him exactly. So that rant that at times bordered on incorrect English was all him. But long story short, Zack Snyder, go f*** yourself. I still feel bad for him that he lost his daughter, but on the topic of this, he can stick it right up his ass. This next non-story comes to us from Uprox. The Shazam filmmakers tell us why they can't call their superhero by his actual name. If you know anything about Shazam, that's because his actual name, or his old name at least, was Captain Marvel. So, hmm, I wonder why we can't have 
Shazam called Captain Marvel in his movie. Oh, it's so weird. I'll really have to think about that one. I'm going to do some investigative journalism and I will get back to you with the reason why Shazam can't be called Captain Marvel. I saw Captain Marvel, by the way. It was f***ing awesome. Don't listen to the people who say it's bad. They're wrong. This next story comes to us from geek.com. Apparently there's some a Kickstarter or Indiegogo for something called pre-show. Okay, so I looked it up. It's actually on Kickstarter and it's an app called pre-show. And this is kind of a response to the failures of MoviePass and how Cinemia's kind of going the same route. Though my main hurdle with it was learning how it worked. It's not very intuitive at all. And their customer support, just like MoviePass, doesn't exist. But I haven't had any problems with it. Though if you wanted to see us, I believe it was us this weekend, and um, or last weekend, you may have had some trouble as Cinemia went down. Well, here's the thing with pre-show. It's not like those things. It has a way to pay for the um has a way to pay for the free movie. So what this is is an app and if you get on the um the Kickstarter that has 31 days to go and you you make a pledge, minimum is $15 to get in the third wave of the of the launch which launches launches on November 19th. Second wave launches September uh, 2019. So November 2019, second wave September 2019. It's $10 more. First launch is already full apparently, but it was 60 bucks. So what this is is you, you it all kind of starts like Movie Pass or Cinemia where you get a virtual credit card that will allow you to buy your buy your ticket online. So what happens is when you want to watch a movie, you select the movie you want to see and then they will show you 15 to 20 minutes of branded content. So basically ads, it will show you 15 to 20 minutes worth of ads. Easy, you may be thinking, right? I can just play it and walk away. Not so easy. It uses facial like recognition technology or like eye scanning technology to make sure you don't walk away. If you walk away, it will pause. So you have to sit there and watch it. Uh, maybe you can have like a book behind it so you can read it. So it thinks you're watching. I don't know yet. But basically, if you watch 15 to 20 minutes of branded content, supposedly you will get a free movie ticket and you will get it in advance. So this isn't something like you, you can't buy advanced tickets like you. If it's available to buy online, you can get it. So don't get me wrong. This isn't an ad. Uh, I, I'm going to talk to Anne about doing this because I have Cinemia. I've signed up for a year and I'm kind of stuck in it now because they don't do refunds. It's it's uh, in their contract. And since it's worked for me thus far, I'm I'm OK with staying. I'm, I'm not going to fight it too bad, but I'm going to talk to her about getting this. And, you know, I could still watch ads if she wants. But, hey, it'll it'll get us a, a free ticket for her. So I have no idea how well this will work, because you have to keep in mind that we are in the infancy of things like this. Movie Pass was one of the first. There were others, of course, before it, like very small ones that didn't last very long. This is the big one. You know, if you see a lot of movies and you don't mind watching 15 to 20 minutes worth of ads, this might be worth checking out. I don't know how well it's going to work and it's going to be a risk, but let's face it, $15, so far $15 total isn't that bad. And the idea that this app will pay for the tickets through the money it gets from advertisers, it seems like it has a way to pay for it. Because the thing with MoviePass, what really hurt MoviePass was that they were hemorrhaging money because too many people were taking advantage of it. Well, that's all I have to say about that. The next story comes to us from Uprox, and this one isn't laughable. Apparently, Ben Affleck still isn't speaking to Kevin Smith, but he says he is willing to appear in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So I'm not sure if I mentioned it when the story first dropped, but yes, there is going to be another Jay and Silent Bob movie. They're already working on it, and I don't think I was a show yet or I was a show I don't think the show was around yet when Ben Affleck and Matt Smith had their Matt Smith Kevin Smith had their falling out like the the exact event that happened to cause Ben Affleck to get mad at Kevin Smith is still unknown but Kevin Smith explained his side of things without going into details uh, and if you never heard it, here it is. Kevin Smith, in an interview, said that the fractured relationship is due to, quote, one of us having a big mouth and telling too many candid stories that sometimes weren't his to tell. 
and the other one is Ben. So basically it looks like Kevin Smith was telling too many personal stories and uh, Ben Affleck didn't like it. It also looks like Kevin Smith fully knows it's his fault and admits to it. But in an interview, Ben Affleck was asked if he will be in this movie and Ben Affleck said, you know, I haven't been asked. I haven't talked to Kevin Smith since the party, but he says he would be willing to be in it. Will we have a mending soon? Will we have a mending between these two soon? Only time will tell. This next story comes to us from CBR.com, and this movie that's the topic of the story, we will be talking about it in the trailer trove because it just had a trailer that dropped, but we now know something else about the film. So this is about the Dora the Explorer movie, and we know that Danny Trejo is now going to play a major role in the film. We already know that Danny Trejo won't be the parents. Oh my god, okay, I just looked it up to see what role Danny Trejo is going to play and he's going to be the voice of Boots. That is fucking fantastic. So, so far this movie has a cast of Isabella Monet, I believe it's, uh, or Moner. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> M-O-N-E-R. Moner, maybe. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, she's playing Dora. Benicio Del Toro is doing the voice of someone called Swiper. Uh, Danny Trejo, of course, Boots. And Michael Peña and Eva Longoria are her parents. And I still think they should have kept Dora a kid. Just because the internet is a gross and disgusting rabbit hole that is only really awesome if you stay on the surface or stay in the right communities. Once you go down the wrong parts, you're going to see shit. And having an 18-year-old, at least the actress is 18-year-old, Dora the Explorer, is just asking for trouble. True, there's that argument that people should just not be perverts. It's not up to us to police it or, or some shit like that. Okay, yeah, that's true. But it's going to happen anyway. Either way, the movie Dora and the Lost City of Gold does look like it has promise. It looks interesting. It looks like a fun family movie that comes out August 2nd, 2019. The next story comes to us from Newsarama. The Toxic Avenger reboot lands a director, and that director's name is Macon Blair. If you know that name, then you must be familiar with movies like Blue Ruin and Green Room, because he was in both of those. Also in a movie called Murder Party. And so basically, he doesn't have that much directing experience. So far, he's only directed one movie called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. And that was a Netflix original movie. So if you want to see what kind of job he's going to do, or he can do, check out that. But uh, yeah, Toxic Avenger, getting a reboot. How do you feel about that? I'm not sure how I feel. I'm not, I'm not sure if it exactly needs one. Though I did love the original movies. I loved the cartoon as a kid. So if they do it right, it could be really interesting. No set release date for this movie as of yet. This next story comes to us from Variety. If you haven't heard, the Disney-Fox merger has now been finalized. And Disney is already taking steps. Their first step is retiring the Fox 2000 label. Disney did release a statement saying they are committed to completing the Fox 2000 films currently in production, but have no plans to start any other movies under the label. No one knows what this means for Fox 2000 head Elizabeth Gabler and anyone else in the business, but time will tell. This next story comes to us from Sci-Fi Wire. If you follow me on Twitter, you may have seen why I tweeted about this, but apparently I, Oscar Isaacs has addressed the rumors that he might play Batman. So apparently it is untrue. He says, no, I have only read online like everyone else. I haven't had any conversations about Batman, unfortunately, but I am sure it is going to be great. Then he added, Matt Reeves is such a great director. Yeah, he can get my number. So now I pose this question to you. Oscar Isaacs is Batman. Do you see it? Do you want to see it? And just like the last story, time will tell who will play the new Batman. This next story comes to us from Games Radar. We now know a little bit more about the Star Wars movie that is being helmed by some of the same people who were the showrunners for the Game of Thrones TV show. So reportedly, this new movie is going to take place in the Old Republic, which, as you should know, takes place hundreds of years before A New Hope. If you ever played KOTOR, that's Knights of the Old Republic, then you would already know this. So another Star Wars movie, but being helmed by the same people that did Game of Thrones and set in the Old Republic? Sign me up. 
In a story that comes to us from The Independent, uh, not really a huge story, but uh, something you may have already heard, that all of the pre-Avengers Endgame films now have a name. Well, of course they have names, you're saying. Well, yes, but the story arc has a name, and it's called The Infinity Saga. And you know what? I, I really could have guessed that name. I think any of us could have. The Infinity Saga. And while it's not a terribly inventive name, I also think it does fit. This next thing is not actually a story, it's just something interesting. And it comes from a website called High Snobbity, I believe it's called. And apparently Jordan Peele gave a list of horror movies that you need to see. And I'm just going to list them for you. He said the first one is The Fly. He said his horror movie with his favorite soundtrack, A Nightmare on Elm Street. He says his favorite B-movie horror is Critters. The scariest villain is Michael Myers in the original Halloween. The best final girl, he says, is Jada Pinkett Smith in Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. And favorite performance, Shelley Duvall in The Shining. And you know what? I'm actually surprised I've seen all these because normally when when some fancy pants director, even though it's Jordan Peele, who seems like a pretty down to earth person, gives their list of movies they have to see, usually for their craft, for the purposes of their craft, they have studied a lot of movies and would, I thought, have said something I would never have seen. But all these are basics and they're great, but it's nothing two out there. So how many of these have you seen? I'm thinking that the two more obscure ones for people are going to be Demon Knight and um, The Fly. Yeah, Demon Knight and The Fly. Demon Knight, of course, the Billy Zane movie, uh, Tales from the Crypt movie, and a movie I'm surprised that they didn't give a sequel to, because if you remember how it ends, it really could have gotten a sequel. But, you know, sometimes things are best left without a sequel. This next story comes to us from Flickering Myth. Actor Tom Hopper, who was in Umbrella Academy, he plays Luther, has joined the cast of The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which of course is a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard. Added to the cast as well are Selma Hayek. Oh no, Selma Hayek was in the first one. Okay, Selma Hayek is returning as well as Reynolds and Jackson. But added to the cast besides Tom Hopper are Frank Grillo from Purge fame, Morgan Freeman from, well... Of course, you know Morgan Freeman, Antonio Banderas, and uh, oh, another returning cast member, Richard E. Grant. This final story comes to us from The Wrap. The craft reboot that Bloomhouse is doing now has a writer. They have tapped writer Zoe Lister-Jones, who has only written one feature-length film, four short films, and it looks like one TV movie. The only thing the only thing she did that I have ever talked about on the show was a movie called Band-Aid that came out in 2017. But hey, you know what? I guess someone in Bloomhouse liked her work. Uh, so there's no set release date for The Craft yet, but more on that as it develops. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let us step into everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have some good stuff to talk about. Let us start with the new John Wick trailer and how bad ass it looks. This looks truly, truly amazing. I cannot wait. You all know where we are in the story. It's obvious. If you haven't seen the movies, stop listening to this show right now and watch the movies. They're amazing. Uh, we see a little bit more in the trailer. We see more of... The new bad guys, including Mark Dak Dakeskos, however you say his name, but you know him. He was the chairman on Iron Chef America. He was in a bunch of those 90s Jet Li movies. And the trailer did show that I'm now almost 100% certain that Ian McShane and Lance Reddick are going to be on John Wick's side. Obviously, Ian McShane had to do what he did because a big rule was broken and he's a big player in this game, but I really don't think he wanted to do it. And I actually think he's rooting for John Wick in this because it looks like he's going to give John Wick help, even though he is the one that put in for John Wick's uh, excommunicated status and told him that the Continental and its services are off limits. There are eight weeks until this movie comes out and it looks great. I cannot wait to see it. And this comes out May 17th. Next up, we have the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is the ninth movie by Quentin Tarantino. And you see, Quentin Tarantino 
is someone who can put their name on a movie going to film by Quentin Tarantino and we'll go oh yeah this guy not some of these indie directors have done two things and it says a film from jackass no no one cares about you yet wait until you have something under your belt before I put your name all over something saying acting like you're you're important but Quentin Tarantino can do it and this film looks really good just look at the main two stars let's ignore the amazing supporting cast for a minute and just look at the main two stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt that that's all I need let's add Margot Robbie let's add the late great Luke Perry let's add Kurt Russell Dakota Fanning Timothy Oliphant Tim Roth, Damian Lewis, Al Pacino. This movie is going to be bonkers. It looks great. This comes out July 26th, 2019. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, do yourself a favor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next up, we have the first full trailer, like full length trailer for Toy Story 4. And it looks so, so good. Okay, so remember earlier on when I said that they had taken the original story of the sun, of the search for Bo Peep and gotten rid of it because Bo Peep just disappeared after Toy Story 2. Well, it turns out that Bo Peep really was missing. They're not going to retcon that. What is going to happen, though, is Woody is going to be traveling along and the new toy is going to get lost because he's he's a spork. He's like, I'm not really a toy. And he, so Woody and this spork are trying to get back to the girl. Who do they meet on the way in an antique shop is Bo Peep. And then Woody has to ask himself, does he want to go back to be a toy or does he want the freedom that Bo Peep has enjoyed? And if he does go back, can he convince her to come back too? The more I see of this movie, the more I, I want to see it. I mean, it's Pixar. I was going to see it anyway, but I, I liked the Toy Story trilogy. I thought that it was a nice set story. It was all done. And then when I heard they were doing another one, I'm thinking, really? But now seeing the trailer, knowing more about the story, I'm a little more okay with this. You may have heard some of the backlash. Okay, not, not exactly backlash. That's a little harsh of a word. But people making fun of the way Andy looked in the trailer. And if you just Google it, you can find a whole bunch of comparisons of Andy, young Andy, because they show flashbacks, young Andy in the new trailer versus Andy during the first couple movies. One Twitter user even put all four picture, all four Andes from all four movies together just to show how much he changed in each movie. And I, okay, you know, I get it from one side. I get it that as these movies have come out, time has passed. The technology has gotten better, but there's a big difference between Andy just looking cleaner with the new technology and then changing what the f***ing kid looks like. But the good thing is Andy isn't the main character. Because really, the movie is about the toys, and the only human that matters at all is Bonnie. But it's so funny to see the comparison of Andy through the years, and you can't even use age as, a, as why he looks so different. Because your face doesn't shrink like that. Your cheekbones and your jawbones just don't shrink like that. But that is kind of nitpicking, and it's just a funny thing to look at. But the, the movie does still look really good. Toy Story 4 comes out June 21st this year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next up in the trove, we have Dora and the Lost City of Gold. The SM movie I was talking about earlier, I have to say, I didn't think I would want to see this. Just because it's a movie based on a child's cartoon that was way before, way before, way after my time. And after watching the trailer, this looks like just a fun, uh, a fun adventure family comedy. We now see basically what the story is, that Dora's parents are going to go look for a city of gold, and they send her to live with Diego and go to high school, which she's not accustomed to because she's grown up in the jungle, surviving and stuff and exploring. And then so one day they're out on a field trip. She gets kidnapped along with a couple of her friends because these other people want to find her parents and find the city of gold. So despite my reservations regarding the high rule 34 ability of this older Dora. I still think this looks good. And you know what? I'll probably see it when this comes out August 2nd, 2019. All right, next up, ladies and gentlemen, we have The Unicorn Store. This is a Netflix movie starring Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. That's right, they are back together again. And it hasn't even been that long, really, because the last time we saw them, of course, was Captain Marvel. And this film comes out April 5th. So I will be talking about it next week. I think it looks really good. Um, this is a dramedy about this woman who fails at her dream. She gets kicked out of art school because they think she's terrible. 
And she ends up getting a soul-sucking job, which she hates. And one day gets an invitation to this store. And she gets into the store and it looks like no other store she's ever seen. And the proprietor, played by Samuel L. Jackson, says, hey, we're going to get you what you want. The one thing you've always wanted. And somehow he already knew it was going to be a unicorn. And so he says, hey, go, go prepare yourself for this unicorn. And so the movie's about her preparing and then also learning what it means to be an adult. Uh, it also has Karan Sony, who you would know as Dopinder from Deadpool. Also has Bradley Whitford, Joan Cusack, and Mamodu Athi from The Circle. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the trailer trove. As always, if I miss something, if I miss something you think I should have talked about, let me know. I'll talk about it in the next episode. But for now, we're going to take our first break And we're going to hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. We are back with the limited releases, and we have a few to talk about. More than more than before, more than the past few weeks. Like I said earlier, this week kind of returns us to the way things were when we had more limited releases than wide releases and in interesting indies. So let's just jump right into it. The first film is called Lost and Found. Seven interconnecting stories set in and around a lost and found office in an Irish train station. This doesn't star anyone of note. Uh, They're all Irish. So if you live in Ireland, maybe you know them. Look this up. Uh, The bad news, if you live in America, is that this is only getting a New York release this week. And Los Angeles released the 19th. If you want to see this movie, you'll have to wait until April 30th where it's released digitally. We have another super limited release, or what may be a super limited release. It's the movie called The Chaperone. In this, a Kansas woman finds her life forever changed when she accompanies a young dancer on her fame-seeking journey to New York City. It stars Haley Lou Richardson from Split, Miranda Otto from The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Elizabeth McGovern from Downton Abbey, Blythe Danner from Meet the Parents, and Campbell Scott from House of Cards. So I mentioned that this may be a super limited release because I have two conflicting release dates. Movie Insider says that this is a New York only release for April 5th and a Los Angeles release. Oh, on April 5th as well. So New York and Los Angeles release on April 5th. Well, IMDb says that it isn't that severely limited, though it is a limited release. Who to believe? I don't know. Unfortunately, the two websites I use to find out about movies coming out are the best ones. I never actually thought until now to look at the movie's website to see if it has one, but at this point, I'm I'm a little past caring because this is already going to be a late episode uh, through no fault of nothing but fault of my own, actually. Next up, we have, oh, we actually have two documentaries. The first is called The Brink. The Brink is a fly-on-the-wall chronicle of embattled former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon's global mission to spread extreme nationalism. All right, there's a very good reason that this isn't on the wide releases in Interesting Indies. First of all, it is a documentary, which means that it has to be about something that you're really interested in if you, if you even want to see this. Second is that I don't like political documentaries like this, like something that's still so fresh in our minds and obviously going to have a skewed view. Like even if a documentary is released that looks like this, that's right up my alley, that's right in line for my p- political beliefs, I still don't want to see it because I can't trust it. Because the people who make documentaries like this go into it with blinders on. They could say that they were open-minded about something, but let's be honest, when it has something to do with current politics, can you really? So any left-leaning person is going to go into any documentary about anyone in the Trump cabinet and want to tear it apart, just like any Republican or right-leaner who made a documentary about Hillary or Obama or or, uh, Bill Clinton would want to do the same thing. You can't trust it. And these movies are only for people who just have a hard-on for shit like this and just want to watch it and whack off. Basically, that's it. The next documentary is called Screwball. 
This is a true crime documentary that investigates the MLB's infamous doping scandal involving a nefarious clinician and his most famous client, the New York Yankees' Alex Rodriguez. Fun fact, this documentary also has two villains in it. It has the, it has the doctor and Alex Rodriguez. Because let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, the Yankees are just like the Patriots. They have the fan base of those around them, maybe a few scattered people, but the rest of America just thinks they're pieces of shit. The only thing I like about the Yankees, at least during my lifetime Yankees, is that they had Billy Crystal as an official Yankee for one game. I thought that was pretty cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the movie that I said had made me angry, and here it is. It's called Unplanned. This is a story of Abby Johnson, one of Planned Parenthood's clinical directors. One day, she saw something that changed everything. Okay, so basically, this piece of shit movie is just some hit piece by some evangelical crazy ass Christians. Look, if you are against abortion, that whatever, that's your thing. But I hate these hit pieces that villainize Planned Parenthood. It's like you walk in there with a baby, they'll try and kill it. Oh, it's already been born. We don't care. We'll kill the baby anyway. No, it does so much more than that. Yet these ass can't do anything but stand out in front of them with signs going, oh, you're, you're going to hell. And I'm going to conveniently ignore the part of the Bible that says, judge not lest ye be judged. And that if you take Jesus's teachings and you sum it up, if, if you sum it up wonderfully in these words, don't be a dick. The Old Testament had all this shit in it. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this other thing. You'll die if you do this. You'll go to hell if you do this. But then when Jesus came around, he's like, hey, um, be like me. Be a good person. Say you're sorry when you do something wrong. Don't be an ass. And we're cool. I'm sorry. You all know I hate these movies that are meant for mega churches. These Kirk Cameron type movies, though Kirk Cameron isn't has nothing to do with this one. So I, I just mentioned him to give you an example. These Kirk Cameron type movies where it's it's just some basic bitch story put together with no thought at all. This basic story that we've seen a million times just to have this story of like with a heavy Christian theme. You know, if you are one of these people and you want to watch that, that that's fine. But this movie is just a disgusting hit piece. And whoever wrote this movie should get kicked in the balls. No, no, no. Let's let's not do that. Let, let's turn another cheek. Something they can't do. All right. Three more movies Four four more movies. I can't count right now. Four more movies in the limited section. The next one is called The Last. The survivors of four generations of a Jewish family are rocked to their core when their family's 92-year-old matriarch makes a stunning confession. She was a nurse at Auschwitz. This stars Rebecca Schull from Wings and Reed Burney from House of Cards. And, and this could have been an interesting movie, but there's a combination of the fact that this looks like, and here, here I'm going to say it again, I'm going to say it again, this looks like a high school students film that they turned in for their filmmaking class. This looks like it was made with the shittiest equipment with no budget. And that's not always a bad thing. There are some really good movies with no budgets. But the fact is that some of the actors who aren't Rebecca Shull and Reed whatever, the others do a terrible job. This looks horrible. It even looks like Rebecca Shull phones it in. She's like, oh, I'm old and I'm going to get paid for this. Whatever. I'll just talk. No, this, this skip this. Uh, next up is a film called Trinity 7, Heaven's Library and Crimson Lord. This is a Trinity 7 movie. This is based on the supernatural action harem comedy. And yes, that should tell you that it's an anime. Me, I love anime, but I've no, I've never seen this series. I've never heard of it. And even if I did, I'm not sure if I'd put it in the wide release section just because it's very specific. You have to be a fan of this series to want to watch it. And finally, in the limited release section, we have Notebook. Kabir is an ex-army officer who becomes a teacher in a school on a sol solitary island. He finds a notebook left behind by the previous year's teacher and begins to fall in love with her. This is a Hindi cinema romance, and this basically seems like India's answer to the lake house. Kind of. Because even though they're not actually communicating, like she wrote this journal when she was a teacher, he's reading it now. And starts to fall in love with her. And he decides, oh, I need this woman. Uh, I love her. So yeah, gonna end well, I bet. Oh, I lied. One more movie. God, I cannot count. Wow, what's wrong with me? Okay, one more limited movie. It's called Diane. 
Diane fills her days helping others and desperately attempting to bond with her drug-addicted son. As these pieces of her existence begin to fade, she finds herself confronting memories she'd sooner forget than face. This stars Mary Kay Place from The Big Chill, Jake Lacey from Rampage, Estelle Parsons from Roseanne, Andrea Martin from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and Deirdre O'Connell from Secondhand Lions. Uh, interesting idea. Very interesting idea. It just doesn't look like it's done well. This looks like a skippable movie entirely. And now that's it. Okay, and now that's it. Yay! That's it for the limited section. Let us hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast, and we will come back with the wide releases. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, everyone, welcome back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Before we get into the true wide releases, I do want to talk about Hotel Mumbai again. Uh, This week, it's getting a wider release. So last week was the official release. Now it's hitting a few more theaters. So if you did want to watch it, now is the time. But we do have other movies to talk about where this is the first week for them. So let's start with one called A Vigilante. A Vigilante helps victims escape their domestic abusers. This stars Olivia Wilde from Tron Legacy and Morgan Spector from Homeland. So we have yet another awesome looking movie with this badass leading lady. And this one is it's kind of a fresh idea. I mean, uh, true. We've seen things like this before. We have. But at least it's been a while since there's been one that seems like a less brutal and rapey girl with a dragon tattoo. So you have this woman who came from a domestic abuse, uh, history of domestic abuse herself, stands up for herself, and now she goes around helping women who can't get out of their situation. To me, it's actually not clear if she murders the men, which, sure, they would fully deserve, or if she just beats them up and then gets the women out. Either way, it will be cool. Though one of the ways would hopefully lead us to a happier ending so if she doesn't kill them i think we can potentially get a happy ending here if she does kill them uh best case scenario she stays on the run her whole life but this looks really good we have olivia wilde dressing in a ton of different costumes changing her hair the way she acts just so she can infiltrate these different households get close to them beat up the husband or kill him and then get the woman out. Uh, The one thing I do hope they do is have at least one uh, person who's being abused, that's the man, and have the domestic abuser be the woman. Uh, Just because we always always see that it's the man being the abuser and the woman getting abused in movies. And that's like the status quo when it comes to abusive relationships. But it is the other way around too. There are men who get abused. It's just still a taboo topic in our society. Like, you're a man, you shouldn't be beat up by a woman. But we have these men all around, not just a country, but the world, who do get abused by women and who don't come forward. And this isn't something that's going to change overnight, but I do hope the more we talk about it, the more acceptable it gets for a man to come forward with it. But even if they don't touch on that, I think this still is going to be a good movie. I mean, you can't expect every movie to be hitting its its subject matter from every angle. We can't expect a movie that comes out about uh, homosexuality and the mistreatment of them throughout history and expect them to hit every single angle of it. So sometimes they they do, when people write a movie or make a movie, they do have to pick and choose what they're going to talk about and what they're not. So if in this film they never mention any man getting abused by a woman, it's still fine. The movie, that is, not the abuse. The movie looks interesting, looks good. Olivia Wilde looks good. I'm not familiar with Morgan Spector. In fact, I wasn't even going to put his name on this, but I felt like I wanted one more person just because Olivia Wilde's the only real big name here. And if you notice, I try not to do that. No matter who the big name is, even if it's like Leonardo DiCaprio, even if it's Sandra Bullock or someone big in 
in their own movie, I try to mention someone else. Either way, this this doesn't look like a movie watch or movie watch. This doesn't look like a theater watch. It, this looks good, but something to watch at home. Something that will be enjoyable. Something that will get you pumped up going, yeah, let beat those ass up who are hurting those women. I mean, is there anything better than watching someone get their comeuppance in a movie? Okay, there are a lot of things better. But for the sake of argument, no, there isn't. It's the best thing in the world. Vigilante or a vigilante looks good, but not great. It looks watchable, but skippable in theaters. A vigilante gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, we have a film called The Highwaymen. This is a story of Frank Hammer and Manny Galt, the two men who hunted and ultimately took down Bonnie and Clyde. This stars Kevin Costner from Tin Cup. Do you remember that movie? That, that was a fun movie, wasn't it? Kevin Costner, Rene Russo, uh, Cup, uh, Cheech Marin, right? Yes, Cheech Marin and Don Johnson. So Cheech Marin and Don Johnson in a movie together the same year their TV show Nash Bridges gets started. That, that's just a fun fact. But I, I digressed way too far. So let's start again. The Highwaymen stars Kevin Costner from Tin Cup, Woody Harrelson from The People vs. Larry Flint, Kim Dickens from Gone Girl, Kathy Bates from Dolores Claiborne, John Carroll Lynch from The Founder, and playing Bonnie and Clyde are two stunt performers who seem to be slowly getting more and more acting jobs, so it'll be interesting to see if we do see their names pop up more and more. Emily Brobst, I believe, and Edward Bossett, or Bossert. This is directed by John Lee Hancock, who did The Blind Side, Saving Mr. Banks, and The Founder, and was written by John Fusco, who did Young Guns and Hidalgo. And... There's one, okay, there's a few really good reasons why this made it in the wide release and interesting indies list. But the biggest and most important reason is that this is a Netflix release. So while maybe it may see some theater time, because you know Netflix is weird with that. They'll, they'll do a limited run of some of their movies just so they can get nominated for certain awards that have those anti-streaming rules set up. Even though I think as time goes on, we will fully see those anti-streaming rules done with as more and more of the old guard step down from their important roles in these things. I mean, I love Steven Spielberg. I think he does good work, but his view on movies that go straight to streaming is just too old fashioned. But anyway, yes, as as early as Friday, you can watch this on Netflix and I think it looks good. So the other reason that it made it in the wide releases and interesting indies is the fact that it does look good. I want to watch this. This is a period piece and a gangster period piece. And I love those because it's so easy now to look back at those times and go, was isn't that so romantic? Such a such a romantic time of these like Bonnie and Clyde, John Dillinger, Al Capone, forgetting that they were you know, bank robbers, murderers, money launderers, that there were these huge criminals. Let's just ignore that part and uh, just get so enamored with the time. Because if you did a gangster movie now that took place now, it would be about gangs, like, like, like some actual street gang. And those are terrifying. So all of these movies that, that talk about gangsters and like, and the like are really like pre-World War II times because this was all uh, 20s, 30s, maybe in the early teens, 1910 to 1919. Some went a little longer. I know Lucky Luciano uh, lived, oh, let me look this up. He, he died in 1962, but there really was just this 20 year period of these, these type of antiquated mobsters. And so if you take that amount of time from then to now, so that's about 80 years. So I, cause I'm just rounding up to 1940. If you go forward in time, 80 years from now, I really don't think the gangs from today will have the same romanticism. And there could be a ton of arguments as to why some will argue that's racism. Cause uh, a lot of the gangs are full of minorities, but I think it's something else. I think the fact it's the fact that we like to be selective with our history, that we look back at these old, uh, old gangsters and look at the set of rules they had. And then we go and turn a blind eye to the rest. I wonder if you, if you lived back then, would you read about the crimes of those people like you do about the crimes of gang members today? Like how many times did innocents get caught up in it? Like was joining the life, the gang life back then as brutal as it is now? Like, nah, see, you want to join the gang? So we're going to rough you up a little, see? Oh, you want to leave? We're going to kick you in the keys a little, see? Maybe we even kill you. Nah. 
Those guys over there are wearing green fedoras. This is yellow fedora territory. See? Yeah. We're going to shoot them up. Yeah. Hey, Muggsy, go spray paint on the wall. This is our town. See? Okay, I'm done. That, that was fun, though. Yeah. Not to be confused with Skeletor's meh, that's something completely different. <laughs> okay, but let's actually talk about the Highwaymen for a bit, because uh, this looks good, and it looks like they are they are tweaking the story a bit. Because from, from what I remember it, from my history, is that a lot more people were involved in taking down uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Though this story is going to focus on two of them, Frank Hammer and Manny Galt. So this looks like a police procedural slash period piece that's going to focus on the story of how Bonnie and Clyde were taken down and the romanticism of the time. Though this, though since this is focusing on the police and the fact that Bonnie and Clyde were the bad guys, I don't think it's going to romanticize the, the wrong that the two did. Because if you look back to that John Dillinger movie with um, Johnny Depp called Public Enemies, they almost make him relatable and sympathetic. And it makes you wonder how much of that was true and how much of that was cocked up just for the movie. Because was it John Dillinger that was supposed to treat all the women really nice? He'd take women hostage, but he would uh, always compliment them, never hurt them, never allow anyone else to hurt them, and then let them go and give them money or something. Was that him? I know Clyde from Bonnie and Clyde supposedly didn't let people swear around ladies. And if you look back at a lot of news articles from the time... Like, look at Bugsy Siegel. He was one of the first, like, page one celebrity mobsters. Even back then, they were kind of fawning over these people while simultaneously scared of them. Okay, I've talked way too much about mobsters and, and that, not enough about the movie. So let's just say that this looks good. And the fact that it's a Netflix movie makes the choice to see it that much easier. You already get Netflix. Watch it. Uh, unless it totally doesn't interest you. And if it doesn't interest you, okay. Whatever. I mean, we all have our own tastes. I want to watch this. I think it's going to look, I think it's going to be really good. And so if this even slightly interests you, I think you should watch it because that's the great thing about Netflix. You have all the option to watch all of these things. Like, let's be honest. There is a lot of on Netflix, a lot of terrible. There's also a lot of great stuff. This could easily be one of those, or it could be a case of, of trailer guy doing his job really well. Time will tell, but for now, I have to give this a score, and my score will be a 7 out of 11. Yeah. All right, we have two movies left, and the next movie is called The Beach Bum. A rebellious stoner named Moondog lives life by his own rules. This stars Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar, rapper Snoop Dogg, Isla Fisher from Now You See Me, Martin Lawrence from Bad Boys, Zac Efron from The Greatest Showman, and Jonah Hill from Moneyball. And yes, another movie that will remind us that, yes, Joan Hill is actually a really good actor. Because I think that really seems to be the case with him. And with people like him, Seth Rogen, Channing Tatum, where we will see them in a comedy and, we're, and we'll be like, oh, they're amazing. Aren't they funny? Let's laugh at them. And then they'll do a drama and we're like, wow, sh they're really good. Uh, but anyway, I actually have no interest in this movie. I don't like movies about people like Moondog because I hate people like Moondog. I grew up in Santa Cruz County. I know people like Moondog. They are wastes of space. You just go go smoke your weed and surf and do whatever the f you want and just stay the hell away from me. Th that's my relationship with people like Moondog. And I bet you all these people in this movie are going to do a great job. Uh, I think Snoop Dogg is going to do a great job because I bet you his character is either going to be Snoop Dogg. Okay, let's actually see who he plays. Okay, so it looks like he doesn't play himself. Snoop Dogg plays a character named Lingerie. And I bet you Lingerie is just going to be basically Snoop Dogg with a different name. But who knows? Maybe he's going to surprise us. Maybe he can act and um, I'll be eating my words. I don't know. For a lot of you, this may be a movie that's high on your list. And that's fine. My, my only thing against it is I just don't like these type of movies about people like this. I, I, I don't find them entertaining. A lot of the times I find them uncomfortable because the amount mass amounts of drugs and meaningless sex there usually is who knows maybe there could be none of that in this one say for pot of course because let, let's be honest moondog looks and even with that name that that's a stoner you cannot be called moondog and not be a stoner but for a lot of you this could be one that you want to watch because it does look like it has a lot of good performances in it these are these are good actors they do good work so I'll tell you what, if you do see this, tell me what you think. Give me your honest review and maybe I'll check it out. So for me personally, this is going to get a low score, but just keep in mind that 
It is my score, which of course you should always keep in mind because it's the bill score, aptly named bill score. And the bill score for this movie is a 5.5 out of 11. And finally, this week, we have a film called Dumbo. If, even if you didn't already know that Dumbo was coming out this week, the name Pachyderm Airlines probably gave it away for a lot of you. I just thought I was being clever. But let's talk about Dumbo. A young elephant whose oversized ears enable him to fly helps save a struggling circus. But when the circus plans a new venture, Dumbo and his friends discover the dark secret behind its shiny veneer. This stars Colin Farrell from In Bruges, Michael Keaton from Batman Returns, Danny DeVito from Batman Returns, Eva Green from Casino Royale, Alan Arkin from Glengarry Glen Ross, and introducing Nico Parker and Finley Hobbins as the two kids. You know what? Early reviews are already coming in since, once again, I'm sorry, this is another late episode. Hopefully, hopefully late Wednesday, early Thursday. But early reviews are already coming in saying this movie falls flat. But remember, they're just critics. They don't really matter. What matters is what real human beings think, and we have to wait until the movie comes out to find out what actual people think. I still think this looks really good. Dumbo looks adorable. And this looks like just a very fun and family-friendly movie. It has an outstanding cast. The CG looks great. While it is still obviously CG, because newsflash, elephants can't fly. I know, you're shocked. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break that like break that for you. It, it's just, I, I had to, it's my job. But the CG is still good enough to not take you out of the movie. At least that's what I hope, because in the trailer, it looks good. Because we all know that if the CG gets bad enough, sometimes you're just like, it, it pulls you out. You can't enjoy the, the film fully because you're too busy staring at this really shitty CG. The good news is that it's Disney. They have Industrial Light and Magic on their side which is the best as far as CG goes. I've been excited for this movie ever since the first trailer came out, and this is the Disney remake that I've been looking forward to the most. I changed my tone on Aladdin as soon as the trailer came out. I did. Uh, I still want to see The Lion King. I think it's going to be good. I still want to see all these movies that are being planned, like Mulan, Little Mermaid, but Dumbo, after seeing the trailer, was the one that got me really stoked. And as long as you go into it, as you should with every movie, just wanting to be entertained, wanting to see a good movie, I think you'll be fine. Because let's be honest, that's the problem with these heartless critics. Their job is to pull apart movies and ruin the fun. And so they go into a movie trying to be critical about it. And that's fine for a critic and that's fine for like a film student and people who have to do it for like work or school but for you and me you have to go into a movie ready to enjoy it other uh, otherwise what's the point just stay at home because i truly think if more people had that outlook when they go into movies when the, the more open-minded they tried to be the more movies they would like i'm not saying that every movie is going to be this a plus movie but i think it would just in increase your enjoyment in general and that's exactly the mindset you should go into with Dumbo. I think it's going to be a good film. It's going to be a good, solid film that's going to tell a story we know, that's going to be familiar because of that fact, and then it looks beautiful and it has good actors in it. It's not going to be some amazing movie where uh, everyone's going to get Oscar nominations, it's going to be the next big thing. No, it's just going to be fun. And that's what we need. We just need fun movies, enjoyable movies. And that's what Disney does really well. They know fun, they know magic, they know entertainment. Which makes it all the more impressive when a movie like Black Panther comes out that does get nominated for Oscars, that does get acknowledged as a great film. Because not only did Disney do what they normally do and just make an entertaining film, uh, someone in the process, maybe the director, the actors of course, the writer, people along the way went above and beyond. So for this film, expect just a retelling of Dumbo, Mostly live action, except, of course, for Dumbo. But expect something familiar. Expe expect something fun. Expect something equally heartbreaking, because you all know the sad part. But expect to have a good time. If you go into Dumbo with that mentality, worst case scenario, you just see a movie that you go, okay, that was good. Let's move on. Dumbo gets an 11 out of 11. You know what I love about you, my future fans, is that those of you that I have talked with, I, I doubt that we really see eye to eye on a lot of my, my scores. 
I bet you if if a lot of you gave me your scores for the for every movie this week, I think they would differ because we have different tastes. But I thank you for returning week after after week for maybe a multitude of reasons. Maybe just maybe you do see eye to eye with with me and my opinions. Maybe we do really resonate on that. Maybe you just want to know about movies and I'm one of the more reliable sources you found. Or maybe you just find me entertaining and funny like I'm a dancing monkey. Okay, now that I think about it, it's probably the last one. But thank you, I'm entertaining, yay. Wouldn't it be kind of sick to be a monkey though? Or at least have monkey features like the pre- prehensile tail so you can grab shit? Imagine that you're reading a book, you want to sip a water or something or coffee or something, and then your just tail goes whoop, grabs it and sips. You're like, oh, look, I'm being fancy. Jesus has a weird tangent. Okay, well, let us go into our final break as we hear a word from my other favorite group of dancing monkeys, the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, we're back. We're back with a question of the week, and I think we may have the most answers ever without me having to actually message people to get some answers. So before we get into that, I do have to apologize to Critter. I've always... It's always you. Uh, at least you know it, and at least you take it in good humor. I'm sorry. I forgot his his answer last week because he went and answered the question about which genre do you wish there were more of? And he says, I wish they would make more heist movies. That's a genre of movies. Oh, that genre of movies is one of my faves, and they are there are surprisingly few of them. I even liked and replied to his <laughs> to the answer, and then I forgot about it. So I'm sorry that I have to forget anyone, but Critter, I, at least you uh, take it all in stride and you just give me shit about it. So so thank you. Thank you for, for dealing with that. Well, this time all of our answers came to us from Instagram because, well, I've been more active on Instagram. Thanks to Anne. So let us just go right down the line. Let's start with Critter, who says, my fear is being forgotten. That That's that's uplifting. I wouldn't call that irrational, really. Unless you're talking about suddenly forgotten, like you wake up and no one knows who you are, then yes, okay, I would call that irrational. So thank you, and I didn't forget you this week. Look at that. How impressive am I? Oh, how about I actually remind you what the question of the week was? That's a good idea, right? Well, the question of the week, if you do not remember, was if your irrational fear was turned into a movie, what would it be about? Bonus points if it's already been turned into a movie giving me that movie. So for Critter, I think the closest thing to your your fear may, maybe would be the Forgotten, that Julianne Moore movie. But of course, it was more about her, her than her son, because her son was the one that was forgotten. The next answer comes to us from J. Daniel Verdon, who says, Working a lame job that doesn't pay the bills and dying alone without friends or romance in my life, having accomplished nothing because of the horrible spider clown attack. Okay, good job. Uh, when, when I first started reading the answer, I was like, oh, no, he, he he really didn't understand the prompt, did he? And then at the end, I'm like, okay, good job. You got me. Spider clowns, because spiders and clowns aren't scary enough on their own. Uh, Walker and I one time played this video game in, oh, God, where were we? Maybe at Dave and Buster's, I think. And we had committed to play this game until we beat it, no matter how much how many tokens or, you know, Dave and Buster's have those, has those cards, how much it took. And we get to the end. And it, the, well, the reason I think of, I thought of this for spider clowns was because there were spider clowns in it because it's this horror game, uh, a, this rail shooter where you went through a carnival and there were spider clowns. It was terrifying. But at the end, we didn't know that after you beat the boss, the boss falls down and you have one chance to you either have to shoot the boss as they're falling otherwise it takes yeah that's it because the boss is good is falling down and you have one chance to shoot the boss otherwise it will grab you and take you with them 
We did not know this. We both shot. One of us, we still don't know which one, missed. And game over. No continues. You lost. And we were so angry. Like, we spent half an hour on this game in the arcade just to get there. And so every once in a while, we'll just say spider clowns to each other. And we're like, oh, yeah, fuck that game. Anyway, J. Daniel Verdon, thank you for that answer. We go on to Brian. Brian D., not Brian Q. Brian D., who says, Things Out of Place, starring Liam Neeson. And so, so Brian D., I, I just want to know, would he walk into a room and something was out of place, so he goes on a killing spree? He like calls up someone. He says, he says, I have a very specific set of skills. Uh, keeping things in place is one of them. I will find you and I will organize you. Next up, we have an answer from Anne who says grass, just grass. And for a movie about that, would Pineapple Express count? A uh, different type of grass. But thank you for that. AJ answers saying snakes, but snakes on film don't bother me. And I've noticed that's a common thing with people and their fears. Uh, one of my friends is afraid of snakes and you can't even show him a picture he will freak out and aj right now just says freaks on freaks <laughs> snakes on film don't freak him out so thanks for that we now turn to rye wizard who says it and it's become a movie yes it has and i cannot wait for it chapter two i wonder though do you still watch movies even though they freak you out well thank you everyone for your answers uh, if you saw my picture on um on Instagram, I have to thank Anne for that. She put it together for me. Uh, moths. Moths freak me out. You may have known that because I have talked about it before on the show. And kind of like AJ with him and snakes, uh, if I watch a movie about moths, it doesn't freak me out. Sometimes I go, hoo and get the heebie-jeebies. But not like if an actual moth was coming at me to suck my blood. Because that's what happens, right? With moths, they, they suck your blood and they kill you. That, that's what I thought. See, not in irrational fear, moths are evil. I also hate spy. I hate a lot of bugs. But on on film, they don't bother me. Like, I can watch a nature documentary, and they can be showing a bunch of bugs. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's cool. That's very interesting. Look at that. But if it's coming at me, or if it's in the room with me, I'm like, no, kill it. F***ing kill it. Like, give me the biggest shoe I can, and smash it. Right, well, thank you, everyone, for your answers. It is time for a new question of the week. And this one was inspired by the Beach Bum. What sort of character do you hate? You can be as specific as you want, like give me an exact character or just tell me the type. Like I don't like Moondog's type of character. I hate I hate those characters. And you don't have to hate it so much that it doesn't make you want to watch a movie. You can just watch a movie and go, oh God, it's one of these characters again. And did point out that's kind of similar to the trope thing, but I want you to give me a specific character type. Maybe it's going to be very similar to your trope, but... It could also be very different. So which type of character do you absolutely hate? Well, that is it for episode 128, I believe. Yeah, 128 of Future Flicks with Billiam, titled Pachyderm Airlines. So let's wrap this up and I can send you along your way to your other favorite shows. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as a somewhat nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And then share the podcast. Tell your friends that is how we grow. And then leave a comment or answer the question of the week. So how do you reach me? That is a great question. Leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please don't forget to check out our Patreon and become a patron. Find a link in the show notes or on the Somewhat Nerdy website. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts. Also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends. My dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>